Welcome, everybody, to Seattle Sports Union's podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese, and with me once again are Brian, the Soul Man, Solak, and Matt Page. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you guys? Hey, hey, hey. Surviving somehow. Absolutely. Going slowly, going slowly a little little stir-crazy in the uh, self-imposed uh, social distancing here. Going a little, you're going a little stir-crazy you, there, Matt? Yeah, a little cabin fever. As opposed to the regular crazy that you are, this time you actually have a reason? This time I have a justification, yes. Mm, okay, very <laughs> good, very good. And how about you, Soul Man? You're going a little crazy? I'm not doing too bad, but we're getting to a point where I'm going to be laid off soon, so we'll see hey, what, what happens after that. No, no, no. no. I've been working all week. Yeah, we're cutting. They're cutting back hours to where they we really don't need a dispatcher anymore. So, yeah, and it is what it is. Well, there's a little irony right so, there, dispatching the dispatcher, yeah. huh? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, <Not bad>. <laughs> but this is a sports podcast, though, so let's not dwell too uh, much that, on that. If that, and bum out our really, fans. Really, re- really quick, how are you, Abe? <laughs> How's Lake Forest Park? Are you doing okay? Uh, yeah, I'm down here in the LFP, and I'm uh, doing the best I can to not get incredibly bored. Uh, unlike unlike Matthew Page and a bunch of other people that I know, I don't really take a shine into video games that much. You know, um, I did when I was younger, but not so much anymore. And yeah. I, neither do I. Neither do I watch television except for sports. So. Yeah, it's it's been a case of it's been a case of trying to find something to do. I started watching Frasier, the old nineteen nineties TV series. It's not that oh, nice. funny. It's not no, it's not nice. It's not that funny. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but you know what? I, I gave it a try. There's some episodes that are okay. There's some episodes that made me laugh. And then there'll be two episodes that I just sit there thinking, what a bunch of pretentious schmucks. You know, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going back to reading. That's a good thing. If there's anything of benefit to take out of COVID-19 is that, uh, I've been picking up some books. Very good. Any sports books? Uh, yeah, actually I reordered because I can't find my original copy of, uh, Derwood Merrill's you're out and you're ugly too. So that's a, that that's a book by a by an eighties and nineties umpire who kind of talks about all the crazy personalities that that existed. Also, I'm uh, getting the upgraded version. This one's still in the mail. Uh, the upgraded version of Ball Four. Um, apparently, there was oh, a oh nice yeah there was like an eighties version of that. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna check Jim that Bowden. out. Jim Bowden, that's right. And then uh, I've also just started. Furious George, uh, this is George Carl's 40 years surviving NBA divas, clueless GMs, oh. and poor shot selection. Oh, so, wow. That yeah. sounds good. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, how I'm nice. staying, uh, that's how I'm staying in it. Uh, that and comic books. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that, that Marvel <laughs> app is, is pretty awesome. The which one? The Marvel app, where you can you can you can watch read like pretty much their entire collection. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, yeah, I have that. That's uh, sixty dollars for the year, and yeah, it's worth it, it if you really read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and 
it's great because I don't really care for today's comic books that much. I, I only like the ones, you know, from way back in the day. And uh, you're right. Their collection, the Marvel's collection of all that archival content, it's immense. So it's a good, it's a good $60 to pay. Oh, right on. But let's get to sports. Good idea. <laughs> let's get to good sports. Good ideas for our listeners. All right. Oh, no, I wasn't recommending anybody else do that. Well, they should, though. If they're bored, why not? Well, they probably have girlfriends and wives that they can talk to. Um, <laughs> or they, they could do what I'm doing, which is playing MLB The Show 20. And um, I, right now, I'm on game 36 of 162. And at the rate I'm going, I'm probably going to beat the, finish the season before the season starts. Yeah. So you, yeah. If you're a if if you're a nerd like Matt who lives in his mother's basement, yeah, play all the video games you want. Go for it. Or his own house. But okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking. Of, all right. I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of uh, SSU Tech. Uh, Bob Lucky, who literally ah. plays video games in his basement. But um, <laughs> anyway, let's well, let's get to Seahawks. let's get to the Seahawks, yeah. Because that's the, about the only the, real big news. <laughs> that's about yeah. the yeah. That's about the only sport actually making any many wa- any waves or any noise these days. Um, pretty cool article I saw on the Athletic, and that was by. Uh, by Michael, uh, uh, what's his name? Michael, Michael Doug, Michael Duggar. Does that sound right? Michael Sean Duggar. That here it is. Um, yeah, and he kind of went through a bunch of free agents that are out there still in the NFL, and just discussed, you know, which ones would he want to look at if he were the Sonic, or I'm sorry, the Seahawks GM. Uh, here's some names, and that's uh, Jadavion Clowney, of course. Everson Griffin, Clay Matthews, Marcus Golden, Devonta Freeman, uh, Snacks Harrison, Tim Jurgen, Michael Bennett, hmm. Benson Mayoa, no, Jameis Winston, no, no to Benson Mayoa, no, no to Bennett. Oh, okay, okay. And, and you didn't hear me boo and hiss when Jameis <laughs> Winston's name was. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, you guys beat me to the punch. I just wanted to get your guys' opinions on who the Seahawks have to go after, who they can ignore, and, you know, who, who are the middle guys. Basically, this is kind of that uh, game that Matt usually uh, comes up with, the buy, sell, or go to hell. Um, I want to get your guys' opinions. Uh, any intriguing names? Any terrible names? Well, we heard the terrible name. You guys aren't interested. But uh, <laughs> uh, let's, go this, let's go through this list here. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Brian Solak? Um, Everson Griffin, once again, stands out to me. I, I want him. I mean, I, he, what's he 32, 33. He's got 70 plus career sacks. He played for Pete Carroll back in the mid two thousands at USC. We can get this guy for a two to three year deal at a reasonable price and not pay as much as we would for Clowney. I'm he, he's my top choice on that list. Um, <clears throat> Probably Devonta Freeman, too. It's kind of intriguing. If he could stay healthy, I think he would be a good backup running back for us. And then the name that stands out to me, just because I like his name, is Benson Mayoya. Because one of my favorite shows growing up was Benson, so <laughs> got to sign some guy named Benson. <laughs> just saying. Do, 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 do. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I didn't know whether to go with the theme, Soul Man, or whether to say, I hear you. 
Either one is a good Benson uh, nice. callback. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I'm with you on the Devont on the uh, Everson Griffin. I'm not so much with you on Devonta Freeman. Uh, get, uh, what did you like about Devonta Freeman that you've seen in the past? I I just think he's when he's healthy. I think he's a productive running back. I mean, I, I don't think he's a decent starter. What that Coleman guy used to he played with and went to the Niners. Uh, I can't think of his first name, but I thought he was the better of the two when they were playing with Atlanta together. But uh, we need a, we need a decent backup right now, and I, I, if we get him for the right price, why not bring him in for a one or two year deal? Yeah, I can see what you're saying because especially when. Rashad Penny's ACL is going to keep him out for most of this season. Um, some, exactly. Somebody's needed, but I don't know. I, I just kind of funny. I kind of, I kind of feel like I, I don't have this feeling like Devonta Freeman's this fantastical player. Um, in fact, uh, I, I kind of consider him like a, a Dorset, a Philip Dorset, who I wrote about this week on SeattleSportsUnion.com. I, I don't think he's necessary. These these uh these veteran guys at skill positions, I almost feel like you can get. I feel like it's worth you know it's worth flipping a coin and going into the draft and seeing if you can get somebody with a much higher ceiling. Um, Understandable. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts, Matt? Uh, well, going down the list here um, with Clowney, I think what we got to do is we got to set a deadline. We just got to say, okay, dude, the offer's on the table, and you have until April 1st, and then we're going to pull it, and then you walk up to Griffin, and you say, name your price, and you bring him. And, I mean, there's just, there's, we can't sit here waiting forever on Clowney, and I love I love the idea of bringing in Griffin. Well, how do, um, how, how do you know that that's a Seahawks? Uh, how do you know that the Clowney, uh, or I'm sorry, that the Seahawks are waiting on Clowney? How, how do you know it's not the other way around, where the Seahawks are waiting for a doctor's test you know on clowny's uh because we because we, we would be pretty much a closed deal by now there, there would have been more details leaked by now um it, it's still he's from everything i've read and the rumors and you know this is all hearsay obviously it's all rumors and all and whoever's heard from he said she said whatever um but supposedly we have an offer you know on the table to him and he you know we're there hasn't been a yes or a no back a lot of teams have walked away um it's down to like us and like one other team bidding at this point i think um and and i don't even know i think it was the colts wasn't it and um you know who knows i mean I, there's got to be a point where you got to walk away and you got to build your team so set a deadline with him if he doesn't do it go get uh, go get griffin um I, li- I really like griffin too i'll take either one of them um Clay Matthews, I've gone on the record of saying if the price is right, absolutely sign him. I think uh, I think it, we, I think uh, Carroll would use him properly and, and and situationally, which is what he's he's not the ever down guy anymore. He's a situational guy, and so if we pay him accordingly, um, I think he'd be a great pass rush guy. Um, Golden, I'm not as high on as a lot of others. Uh, Freeman, I don't really agree on touching him at all. Um, I'm of the uh, I'm of the constant thinking that you can draft a semi-competent backup running back at any t- given time. And this this draft, there's more than a few running backs that I like. 
Okay, um, so you boo you booed Jameis Winston. So Freeman, you didn't boo but, you. But, you yeah, you were, it sounds Freeman like you're just I, like, nah, probably not. Freeman, Freeman I, I don't want to waste time on. Uh, your Winston, journey I like. But Winston, you made an effort. Winston threw 30 interceptions <laughs> last year. I don't want him anywhere near my roster. I don't want him even talking to people on my roster if I can prevent it. He is dead to me as an NFL caliber <sighs> player. Oh, my. All right. If you throw 30 interceptions, yes, 30 think about, hang on. Think about this. If you add those 30 interceptions to his completions, he probably has a good six or seven extra points on his completion percentage. If you, if you add the interceptions to his completion rate, like, oh, cause he's completing it to the wrong team. He's completing yeah, okay. them. And yeah. They're just to the <laughs> wrong team. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I. Uh, Jameis Winston is not even a backup in this league. You can you can find cheap undrafted, you know, uh, backups or you know someone else, whoever we who do, who is even our. The reality is in the NFL, for ninety nine percent of teams, if the, if the starting quarterback is misses more than two to three weeks, your season's over anyway. So your backup quarterback really doesn't matter that much. So. Yeah. Don't waste time with a man who threw 30 interceptions. There's nothing to redeem there. He's not a project that you can spend a lot of time on and potentially turn into a future trade trip with trade chip, which I think is the idea there. Don't wait. He's not Teddy Bridgewater. You don't don't think of him that way. He's just just walk away. All right. So Solak, you actually booed defensive end Michael Bennett. You do not want to see him come back for a third time I... to the Seahawks roster. <laughs> No, I think the guy's a cancer. He's a worthless human being. Uh, he, he, sure, there's some talent there, but he does not to be, need to be in our locker room. That escalated quickly. Yes. I did. I'd rather have Winston on my roster than Michael Bennett. That's how much I can't stand this guy. Okay. It does It does say something for his character that he's been on, what, three teams in two two seasons? Yeah. 100%. Because, yeah. because, he's, because he's a clubhouse uh, disruption. However, he has more sacks than any Seahawk did last year. Well, I, you know what? They should bring about B.J. Daniels to be backup quarterback. That's who I'm voting for. So <laughs> throwing that in there. Uh, Heck no, I want no. B.J. Walker. <laughs> <laughs> or who's that guy? You know, somebody. What's that? I don't. I thought he's somebody signed. B.J. Walk, Walker is a Panther. Oh, right dang. Yeah. Uh, what about yeah. that? What about that guy Taomu uh, from the St. Louis Battlehawks? He's is he a bear. A bear? No, no. He's a jet. He got signed. He got Okay. Giant. Well. Yeah. No. Yeah, and you didn't even pick the best. The best quarterback on the Dragons roster. <laughs> <laughs> Who's okay, that? If you're gonna Funny, pick it, the best quarterback on on the Dragons roster is Keenan Reynolds. Okay. Well, I would like him back okay. too. Yes. Keenan Reynolds doesn't even play quarterback but he's the best quarterback on the Seattle Dragons sidebar this what do you guys think um, about the XFL if they like what would they need as far as players to go to the NFL like how many uh, how many actually make a difference for example when the first XFL came around uh, the guy uh, what's his name he hate me I forget his real name um he actually made a difference on the Carolina Panthers. He was a special teamer for them for like four or five years. What would it take to legitimize this XFL 
you know, as they take a look at next season, perhaps reopening? I think it's already going to be, I think it's already pretty legitimate. I mean, with two quarterbacks already being the two best quarterbacks being, uh, you know, sniped already. And you're going to see a lot of camp invites out there. You're going to see a lot of guys brought in for camp from the XFL into training camps for the NFL teams. And, and I think, uh, I think there's going to be more than a few that make NFL rosters. Yeah, I agree with that. There, you, there already are a lot of signings of like the top sack guy in the league got signed by a team. I can't remember who, but uh, one of the best tackles, I think for New York, the New York team signed with, with the giants, I think um, there's a few other names too. I mean, it's making a big difference, like Matt said, and uh, they should like their chances going into next year. Um, what was that? Uh, the Seattle hasn't had anybody signed, but I didn't want to throw out a name there. I'm hope, you know, I know it's not on our topic list, but Stephen Thompson, their linebacker, there's a name that will get invited to a camp here soon. He had a heck of a year, even if it was cut short. Cool. Not uh, household names, but I found a couple on the internet. Uh, Dietrich Nichols, defensive back out of Houston, out of Houston Roughnecks, and then uh, Drayvon Iskew Henry, another DB for the Guardians. Uh, they both they both found NFL roster spots as well. Um, wow, see that's a lot. Yeah, and the second guy. Uh, Drayvon Eskew Henry got a two-year deal with the Giants. So there's, wow. enough, there's enough there that where they wanted to see something out of the former Mountaineer. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would say, yeah, I would oh, say the, if you get the four Battle or five Hawks hits. Quarterback, oh, sorry, the Battlehawks quarterback, he went to the, uh, the Chiefs, actually. He's going to okay. be my home's backup. That's right. That's a, secu- <clears throat> that's a good, secure job. <laughs> hey, I would not. I would not mind being Mahomes' backup and learning from Andy Reid. I mean, hey, that's a sweet gig. Tamau was, <laughs> uh, oh, doggone it! He's a rebel, right? Ole Miss. Who? Jordan Tamau. Um. Yeah, Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, the only way I know that is because Tua Tungavaloa went to Alabama. And those are just two guys, you know, that have, uh, you know, Pacific Islander names in the SEC, and it just it always baffles me. They're like the only, they're like the only two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to our list. Uh, I noticed none of you, neither of you guys, cared about Marcus Golden that much. Not really. No. Okay. Uh, that's kind of the guy that I was looking at. Um, I, I don't know. Like he. he he may not fit the team because he's not really a four, three linebacker. Um, he's more of like a three, four linebacker, but I don't know. Like if you, if you got him, like if you don't get clowny, I think you kind of got to go with quantity, right? Don't you have to go yep. get guys like him, Clay Matthews, you know, uh, it just any defensive end you can find off the street. I, I, another name too on your list too. I guess I, I should have threw out there about Tim Jernigan from Philly. I like I him, him too. Yeah, me too. Him. Is he a pass rusher? I, I thought he was. I kind of thought he was more of a stand-up uh, linebacker. I, uh, well, I can't remember him that much. I, I take I, I plead the fifth on this one. I don't remember him that well. Anyway, uh, <laughs> good dude, but yeah, I can't remember exactly. Oh, there's so many people juggling my head right now. 
17 and a half career sacks out of Florida State, drafted early, uh, I don't remember when he, oh, 2014 draft, but he's been a, I don't know if he's been injured or not, but I think last year he had six or seven sacks. Okay, that's not bad. I always figured him as a more of a stand-up linebacker, um, but maybe he's kind of like Golden in that in that mix of more of a blitzing linebacker. Anyway, I, I Seahawks got to get some guys. I mean, they can't just go forever. Or I'm sorry, they can't just go with what they had last year, and then yeah. say we're good forever. You know, they, they, it was it was our biggest point of weakness last year, and it, you, yeah, you, you got to improve upon it. Well, I mean, okay, I'm a, I'm a liar. Sorry to interrupt. I'm a liar, real quick. Last couple of years, Jurgen again was was off injured. It was his first three or four years that he was productive. So, okay. but there's a chance there. I don't know. I just kind of think of from the perspective of you had Jaron Reed last year, you had Jadavion Clowney last year, and you had Quentin Jefferson, Al Woods. Uh, who else? Who else am I missing that? Anyway, yeah, you had a crew that didn't do a lot in the pass rush, not just getting sacks, but also quarterback hits and quarterback hurries. And the guys that you added are the exact same guys you had last year, plus Bruce Irvin. Um, yeah, you, you, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion, don't go for Clowney at this point. You know? Yeah, but Clowney, Clowney is the guy in the middle that disrupts so much that allows other people to, to succeed. You need somebody in the middle or on the edge that can just draw the, well, the he defenses. Plays, he plays the offensive edge, yeah. Line. yeah. You, I mean, but yeah, I know. But my point is you need someone on that line that draws attention. And, you know, maybe he never gets the sacks, but he gets double teamed every time he's on the line. And that's two guys on one, and that frees up someone else to get through. They're going to have to and do something. They're, they're going to have to, like we talked you, about you last week. You need a week. Clowny. You need a never. You need a um, a Griffin. You need, you need, you need some help. You need maybe realistically, you need both. Well, like we talked about last week, maybe you have to do something like drop Michael Kendricks, which undoubtedly they will. Drop KJ mm. Wright. Drop Justin Britt. Drop some veterans. Free up some money and get more than you know. Get J. Davion Clowney. Plus some extra guys. That's some what I'm additional. saying. Realistically, <laughs> it'd be great if we had if we got both Griffin and Clowney. That would be great. I don't know if that's money money wise if that works, but yeah, I don't know if that's possible from a money standpoint. But maybe what you do is you you know, like you said, well, Kendricks is probably going to be cut. He's restricted free agent, right? And he's hearing date got pushed back so we don't know if he's even going to be available to play next year right um and uh you know you you, i mean you can cut justin Britt, and that saves some money you can cut kj Wright, i guess and that saves only like three million or whatever well the kj Um, right the kj Wright thing is actually more than three million it's eight million um i thought you only counted towards i thought it only counted towards the cap as three or something no 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 that's uh he counts towards is he has very little dead money. It's okay. it's something All like right. he makes eight million and we'd get six million. Something to that effect. Okay. Um, well, that's significant. So it's significant, yeah, you're making yeah. very similar cuts and, and you'll expect some younger guys to play a bigger role. I mean, I think Cody Barton's shown he's ready to take a bigger role. What do you guys think about um, that? What, at, you said you you said he's ready? I think he is. I think at some point LJ Collier's gotta actually show up. Uh you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to start 
putting you know putting some some weight on these guys' shoulders eventually. Amadi's going to have to play the nickel corner. Uh, you know, I mean, you're going to have to start putting some serious pressure on these, uh, you know, weight on these guys. And 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 a rebuild is a rebuild, and the defense needed a rebuild. Well, I noticed that Snyder and Carroll are actually putting some pressure on one Trey Flowers in that they went out and got a deal for Washington Redskins cornerback, Quentin Dunbar. This was kind of a steal, wasn't it, Solak? Oh, 100% steal. The guy can play. He was highly rated. I don't remember pro football, whatever it's called, focus or whatever. But besides the point, the guy can play when when he's healthy. Uh, he, he He's exciting to watch. I, I I never, honestly, I'll be honest, I never heard of the guy until we traded for him, but I watch highlights online, and the guy's exciting, and he, and Flowers is going to be moved quickly to the bench. I, I don't know, is Flower, can Flowers play nickelback too, or, or is that is he too big for that, or uh, I'm not the expert on that part. But. Um, well, I don't, I don't know about him playing nickelback, but I do love that we're always, we're always in for, we're always in for at least once every week where Brian, the soul man, Solak gets something right, but then he kind of doubts it. For example, you said pro football <laughs> focus or whatever you guys call it. You know, uh, that's right. That's, like, what, that's like, what everyone calls it. That, that's what it's called. called. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get more confidence. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just, no, don't keep doing that. That's awesome. okay. All right. Russell, no, 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 no. You know, pull an Abraham and just, just make wild claims and, and stand by them regardless. Hey, in today's political world, that's what you do. But here's the deal. Here's the deal is, you know, I just, I'd love to hear, you know, just every week there's something like, uh, we got that quarterback, Russell Wilson, or whatever his name is. You know, just, <laughs> whatever you guys call him. Anyway, um, let's get back to Quentin Dunbar. You're right. The, here's the reason why you haven't seen him that much, is my guess. The, the, the Washington Redskins kid. have not been good. They haven't been on TV. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, he was a Washington Redskin. That is exactly why you never saw him or heard about him. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I've, I've heard of him and like you, the only thing I know about him is he made the pro bowl. You know, that that's, um, he's ranked number two on pro football focus. That's what I know about him. And similar to you. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I have to ask this question. Did he outshine Josh Norman last year? Cause I know Josh Norman was there. Josh Norman, oh, okay. Josh Norman hasn't been the, good for a couple of years. No, no, number okay. one was Richard Sherman, and number two was Dunbar. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, Josh Norman is your it's your one-hit wonder. Terrible. Yeah. Well, he's not – yeah. <laughs> he's a big mouth, <laughs> and that works with the one or two seasons where he played at an exceptionally high level. But, yeah, he's a, he's a one-trick pony. The league figured him out after a while. So – that's all there is to okay. it. Um, now, the uh, question is, is Dunbar the same thing? Because Dunbar does not have a big, you know, like a long history of be, of playing at this high level. So that could be an issue. And that's why I'm actually okay with the idea that he's only here for one year. He's playing out the last right. year of his contract for as a Seahawk. Okay. $3.45 million, I believe it is. Wow. Four point something, yeah. Yeah, pretty. Is cheap, it four point so. something? Okay. Yeah. 
but that's inexpensive for somebody that played at his level last year. But, you know, if we see a regression to the mean in 2020, then four million is not a bad, not a bad price tag for that. No, and if you think about it, you know how we, you know how we got him. You know what he cost us ultimately? Fifth rounder, we, I think. We trade. We traded Nick Vanette last year for that fifth rounder that then became Quentin Dunbar. And I'll trade Nick Vanette for Quentin Dunbar any day of the week. That's right. Yeah. Although last year um, when we had no tight ends, maybe <laughs> Vanette might have been that, that, that did hurt, yeah. But, you know, ultimately, if you want Nick Vanette, he's a free agent. You can go out and sign him again if you want. No, 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 that's okay. Like when you have a tight end. We already have seven tight ends, but we can go get an eight. <laughs> I'm still annoyed that about five years ago I declared him the second coming. Hey, and he, he did nothing. He, he just didn't. <laughs> no, I I had high hopes for him as well. I, I was right there with you. I don't know what happened, but uh, as far as Quentin Dunbar goes, I agree with you. Uh, the one year deal, it's a you know, prove it and we'll pay you kind of kind of situation. And um, you know, the the one position, the one position you can you can take to the bank with Pete Carroll is that he knows cornerbacks. Yes, he does. And he can develop them, and he can develop them well. So he can take a guy who's playing at that level, and he can teach him to continue playing at that level. If, yeah. if, if he can't do it, then no one can, and don't sign him for next year. But well, here's what it's I, absolutely no risk this here, year. Here's what I like. Last year, they went out and got Quandre Diggs and replaced Tedrick Thompson. So yes. that made Tedrick Thompson and Marquise Blair – have to up their level of game if they wanted to find a starting position on that team. What happened? Uh-huh. Blair got better, and Thompson uh-huh. is now crying and wants to leave. Let him leave. Yeah, cut him. Save some money. Yeah, and I kind of feel the same thing is true with Trey Flowers. Okay, well, you didn't do very well last year. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to cry and want to leave, or do you want to – get better and try to take, you know, let's say like a, uh, so like you were talking about the nickel position. Look, mm-hmm. just cause Amadi's on the team doesn't mean he automatically gets that position. Trey flowers. Okay. You want to be on the field now? You know, there, there's a, there's a spot to go to go try to take. Um, Absolutely. does he have the guts to do it? Does he have the will, the drive, that kind of thing. Right on. Um, also, Amadi's an Oregon duck, and they, they ain't none too bright. So, you know, you can outsmart them. I was going to say them. that, but I left that for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was wondering how long it'd take you to get around to that. <laughs> really? I mean. Matt, you're not Matt, you're not a fan of Philip Dorsett, are you? Uh, oh, Mr. Dorsett that we just signed. Um, I am not a fan of the signing. I have nothing against Philip Dorsett. He does not impress me in any way. I don't think he actually brings anything extra or impressive to the table. Uh, he just adds to our depth, but I think I would have been more comfortable drafting like a sixth or fifth or sixth or seventh round uh, wide receiver that adds some speed and some interesting maybe punt return capabilities or something uh, instead. Uh, you know, I mean, there's... There's guys on that bench of, of wide receivers that I think should get more shot and more time, and that's David Moore and Malik Turner. And Ooh. now all of a sudden Dorsett comes in and automatically gets put in front of them because he was a Patriot, I guess. That's the only reason I can figure out. What do you think, Solak? I 
was waiting to chime in on that. I kept my silence this week, but I think it was a great <laughs> signing. Oh, I, I, I kept, kept, kept your silence as you booed me while I was talking about it. <laughs> I waited till now. <laughs> I heard a boo think... while Matt was talking, to be honest. <laughs> that wasn't keeping the silence. It wasn't me. Well, I know we were texting about it earlier this week, but I kept my silence for a reason. So um, I, I think he's going to, he adds to the competition. He's just going to make those other players stronger. I think we still can go out and draft somebody in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round to add to the competition. Um, I think Turner and David Moore, whatever the hell heck his name is. Whatever his name is, David Moore. As, as you I, say his name correctly, whatever his I, name is. I, I, these names I'm are so, these names these days are so difficult. David Moore? <laughs> David Moore? John, I, John, John Ursula, again, I know, I, hopefully I pronounced that Ursula. right. But there's no L. It's, there's no L. It's not it's Ursula. Ursula, yes. Ursula. Well, Ursula. I think that's something. Ursula. Ursula. I think that's a name to watch out for, but I Dorsett's, what, 5'10", I think we are running offense. I think he's going to add more to our – another just another deep threat for us. And if he, gets yeah, cut, they, if he gets cut, he gets cut. That means he makes those other players better. They signed him with the intent to have him line up on the, uh, on the sideline so Lockett can go in the slot and be a speed deep threat. But I could probably look at the – players that are going to be drafted on the wide receiver list and probably find five or six guys that are equivalent in talent. That I, would be oh, cheaper. I think I agree but with you, man. their sixth round. I'm just saying we can, he's going to make the competition better, but that's just my two cents. Yeah. I don't know. I feel I, like you can get a guy that runs four, three. I mean, if his job is just to run a go route every single play, you can get a cheaper guy to do that. The, the thing that bugged me, and I wrote this in the well, Metcalf does that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing that bugs me, and I wrote about this on SeattleSportsUnion.com, is that he doesn't add, Matt, you brought this up earlier. He doesn't add like a punt return ability or a gunner on punt coverage or, you know, he doesn't add some sort of utility that a Keenan Reynolds did, you know? And, and it just. Yeah. He's. I don't know. He doesn't add a dimension like like you can't use him in a trick play as a quarterback. It was a you know toss him to the toss it to him and have him run a reverse and throw the ball or or run back punts or run back kicks or you know there's no extra dimension to him. He doesn't add anything special. Why can't they turn him into that? Is it that difficult? Why not just get a guy that already has those talents? Oh, I'm just saying the guy knows how to catch the football and he's. Here's the thing. We, we, we just spent the last 10 minutes talking about how many holes there are on the defensive line. And what really gets to me is we're wasting money on this off wide receiver. We need that money for the defensive line and the 16 people that we need to sign. That's, Fair. that's really my, my gripe about it. Yeah. Fair I, enough. Go ahead. No good. I was just going to say when, when Dorsett makes his team and makes an impact, one of our future fall podcasts. I want you to replay this moment, Abe. <laughs> okay, because I, I assume you're stating you're, you're calling it right now that uh, yes, Dorset <laughs> summons the spirit of Tony Dorset and runs a 96 <laughs> yard uh, swing pass for a touchdown. Is that is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, yeah, but it'll be on Monday Night Football. Whoever that, whoever we're playing this year on Monday Night. <laughs> All right, man. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, I'll remember that. Make sure, Matt, you're ready to cry that day when I will he, weep. He was ready. Um, that, that, and it won't it won't be out of to, out of tears of joy. It'll be out of out of rage and shame, and shame because Solak <laughs> was right and I was wrong. Big news this week. Apparently, the NFL is taking a look at reversing their policy on only allowing one type of helmet. Uh, So basically, right now, think about the Seattle Seahawks. They have the blue helmet with the modified Seahawk totem logo. Um, And the Seahawks were never able to use a throwback uniform because that helmet is so drastically color scheme-wise different than the classic 80s and 90s Seahawk uniforms. But as of 2021... The NFL has reversed their decision on forcing a team to keep with one type of helmet and allowing them to use alternate helmets. What do you guys think about that? Well, wait, first of all, I have a question. So wait, so when the, when the Patriots did a throwback, I remember them having the old school, like, you know, Patriot doing the, the, you know, bend down and holding the football or whatever old logo on their helmets. Patriot Pat. But then, yeah, but then the next week they had they were back to their normal helmets. So I don't understand what's the difference. You 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 think I can defend the NFL and all of its inconsistencies? Do you think yeah, no, I mean, Do you I, think I, I can defend the hypocrisy of the shield? No, I can't. I can't tell you what. Um, I, I'm just telling you the reason why. Uh, so they put a. So they must have allowed it at one time. Then they put a. There stop must have to been. It. Yeah, there must have been something recently in the last X amount of years. Um, it is the reason why the Seahawks have gone to that color rush lime green, you know, for the last handful of years is uh, when you saw that Matt, it must've been more than five years ago would be my guess. Yeah, I think so. But it, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cause I was confused. So I, I guess, yeah, I like the old system where you can do, I mean, throw, if you're going to throw back, throw back all the way. I mean, yeah, I, I, li- I like the old throwback the one thing about the Patriots that I like is their throwback uniforms. <laughs> you, and, don't, you don't and, like flying Elvis. And and as we're talking about uh, <laughs> as we're talking about throwback <laughs> uniforms, I also think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should be forced to wear that that bright orange every game of, of the year forever. As a punishment? <laughs> just just because it's awesome. That's why. <laughs> well, their pewter uniforms are pretty disgusting. Um, I don't, yeah, know, I, I don't know if creamsicle is any better. I do like the logo. On, I do like their logo on their helmet. I was always a fan of the, uh, the pirate with the, with the, with the knife. With the, the knife. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome, awesome logo. I know. Uh, oh, guys, help me out. What was the name? Sam Weish. I know Sam Weish called it a sissy pirate, uh, but, <laughs> but I always thought it was pretty cool. Then again, Sam Weish lost two Super Bowls. What does he know? Yeah, but he's remembered for the time in the snow the snow game, whatever, when he called out the fans for throwing snowballs. I think that wasn't that against the Seahawks. It or? was, yeah. I don't. Yeah, that was hilarious. Well, tell the fans at home. <laughs> tell the fans at home what happened. <laughs> um, my memory, well, my memory is a little bad, but what I recollect is 
we, I think it was a regular, well, obviously it was a regular season game and uh, it, it was in the snow and long story short, uh, the fans got in trouble for throwing snowballs uh, were they on the field or just on the side, hit people on the sidelines. So Sam White in the middle of the game, uh, I got to watch my language here, but got out, pretty much got on the microphone and told the, the, the worthless Cincinnati Bengal fans to stop what they were doing. And uh, so the reason why really you're, the reason why your brain is fuzzy is because back then yeah. we had low definition TVs. You didn't have these 4K TVs like you do now. Okay. So yeah. let me fill so it. Seeing, seeing it was fuzzy. Yeah, you couldn't well, tell. It yeah, you couldn't tell. I mean, and, you know, it was right. a mono sound. And, you know, your dad probably forced you to get up from the couch and go change the channel whenever a commercial <laughs> came on. True. That happened to me, too. That yep. <laughs> but, the re- but what you're missing is probably the most key phrase of that entire thing. And you're right. Cold day in Cincinnati, Seahawks taking on, at that time, it was a power. It was the old Boomer and Cincinnati Bengal team, you know? And this is a team that went to the Super Bowl twice during that decade, had pretty good teams, and was, uh, if you guys remember, they ran a hurry-up offense, and the Seahawks were one of those infamous teams. I think it was the Seahawks and the Giants used to do this, where they would, they, they would feign injury, just to slow down the, uh, slow down the hurry up offense. Um, but, but that particular day, the Seahawks were backed up in the end zone and the snowballs came raining down and Sam Weish grabs a microphone, runs out to the field and he tells everybody in Cincinnati, stop throwing those snowballs. Stop it. Now you guys aren't from Cleveland. Stop it. And then that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so yeah, that was a, uh, that was an amazing moment. And it was a, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I love it when you take like a pot shot at a rival team. Um, it was, and having that kind of humor really diffused the situation quite a bit. And I thought, that, oh, I thought did, that was yeah. amazing. Here's the here's the quote. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Oh man! That on her Facebook page. Send, yeah, send that over to Solak so he can he can put it on our Twitter and yeah, please our Facebooker and our my face and whatever we have. That's a great quote. I love that. <laughs> But yeah, thank you, Matt. Because uh, again, we had low definition TVs back then. Um, couldn't couldn't exactly hear what he said. Couldn't exactly see. Um, but yeah, let's send that out. <laughs> hey, what's what do, what do you guys think about um, the NFL? I guess subsequently, the NBA, potentially the MLB drafts, um, be just being done remotely, you know, via Skype. Does that infringe on your invo- enjoyment? What do you think, Solak? No, I, um, no. Uh, real quick, I, 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 it's fine. What's going on in this world? It is what it is. Let's get it. Let's get it going. We can still watch it on TV. Who gives a gives a you know what that you can't be there in person? It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Let's just let's make it happen. I yeah I agree. Um, you know I don't I'm not 
big on watching the back slapping hugs that apparently are standard now with the commissioner and uh, and all the posing and the you know let's spend 20 minutes talking about this pick even though the pick has been in for 20 minutes um you know uh i think the one thing we do have to worry about is though is our our teams able to get their scouting in enough scouting in because yeah, we got the combine off, but there's a lot of pro days now that have been delayed and all that. And so and scouts aren't able to travel as much and so forth. So I'd worry about it from worry about maybe delaying the draft for that aspect for them, for teams to do their homework. Realistically, they should have already done it. Yeah. But um, as far as doing it remotely, I mean, this is this year, we're going to have to deal with a lot of, a lot of exceptions to the rule. And, it's still got to happen by within a certain time frame, so that teams can get the players signed, and they can get they can get them to the training camp, and they can get them get the playbook in their hands and start training them up to what they want them to do, and and all that. So it's got to happen within a certain timeline. So, and we've got to still act like by September, and you know we're going to be playing football again. So it's got to happen. So let's just do it. I agree. The only thing you could say is maybe a to a tongue of Iloa. He might, you know, teams might want to see what the doctors have to say about him, but I don't know. It, it's it's kind of the fun of the thing is you never know what they're going to be until <laughs> one or two years in, right? So I, I don't exactly. know. Just, just draft them. So there's no big party. Fine, I don't care. Matt, what you said is is exactly correct. We don't need to have 20 minutes so that ESPN – can get all their commercials in and uh did, did, yeah did you notice how abraham hesitated before he said exactly correct it really didn't say that. i was looking for the words <laughs> matt, it really hurt you to say that didn't it <laughs> yeah so matt you were uh too young for this but if i can hearken back to days of yore and so uh, like you might remember this television show by the name of electric company okay oh yeah so the, did you? Okay, good. Yep. So the electric company had a segment where two people in silhouettes would say words to each other. And one would say, exactly. And the other person would say, correct. And that's what I was trying to do is I was trying to get that cadence then to connect with Matthew and then Paige. And it, yeah, it, it <laughs> took a little bit of processing power from back to the 1980s to make that work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long it took you to think of that one, but that was a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> good call. I forgot about that. I haven't thought about that in years. Morgan Freeman's first uh, first uh, gig. Yeah, I was going to say, it was Morgan Freeman was on that show, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> All right. I always feel better when Morgan Freeman explains things to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a South Park joke, but okay. It's not just a South Park joke. I think that's what's in popular culture in, now. It's like in general, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you you definitely want Morgan Freeman to narrate your life. Well, it was on a Thursday night, and Abraham was on a podcast. You know that that would sound so much better. He, he thought for he them. was right. Yeah, he thought he was right. He, <laughs> he wasn't. He was right. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, anyway, uh, let's move on to baseball. Let's get to our baseball segment of this show. It's the second segment, or in electric company terms, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 
number two. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, ooh, my favorite graphic from that, guys, was when they did the pinball part of it. Yes, that's, that's nice. exactly what I was yep. picturing. <laughs> okay, baseball. I want to get your guys' <laughs> opinions on a potential shutdown of this season all the way to uh-huh. God knows when. I mean, does it kind of feel like you, to, like it does to me, where it's, you know, that loss of baseball feels like 1994 all over again? But didn't 94, I mean, we obviously it stopped playing in what, August? So I, I, I don't know how I could compare it to then, but well, I, I'm not. It impacted sorry, 95, too. It impacted 95, too. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. I was also thinking of the strike that one year in the 80s, but, oh. That was Does I, it hurt you, though, Solak? Does it tear at you from within like it did in 1994? No, because of, because of what's going on in our country and people are getting sick and dying. I mean, this is a big difference, I guess, when you think about it. I mean. It's not billionaires fighting over, over millions and millions of dollars. It's, it's We're pausing for public health. Exactly. I, I'm, I hope they don't cancel this season. Obviously, I mean, reading online, our douchebag of a commissioner is still making excuses to where there could be a chance where they cancel the season. Uh, but they, I, I'm sad about it, but it is what it is. I mean, but they better play if this clears up. I'm just going to start calling him Bud Selig Jr., okay? Because that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, he's as disappointing. And as terrible a person as Bud Selig. Wow. So I'm just going to start calling him Bud Selig Jr. <laughs> he doesn't okay. deserve his own name. He's just Bud Selig Jr. Boy, oh boy. I, I have, yeah, I have to disagree with you, Solak. I consider the 94 shortened season with no World Series a bigger disgrace than the Houston Astros. I think of it as a bigger disgrace than Pete Rose. I think of it as a bigger wow. disgrace. Yeah, yeah. I think of it as a bigger disgrace than the Philly fanatic who once danced on top of the Mets dugout and got a baseball. How about a bigger, bigger, bigger disgrace than Matthew Page's love of the Dodgers? (laughs) That's just, that's just sad. That's, I don't want to call that a disgrace. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was genuinely 94 sucked. Okay. Everybody out there, 1994 straight up sucked. The Sonic, you don't, you guys don't remember this. The Supersonics got bounced in the first round by the damn Denver Nuggets. Number one seed, losing to the eight seed. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's no baseball. And the Seahawks at that point were miserable. Weren't weren't they like one foot out the door to LA in in that year or maybe the next year? Like this was just a terrible, like I honestly think that that's a worse season for Seattle sports than 2009. I think it straight up was more worthless than was it 2008 or 2009. What was the season where the Huskies went 0 and 12? The Jim Mora. That was was enjoyable. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Jim Mora called the kicker Olindo Mare. I think it was called him an idiot. Was 2008. It was yeah. 2008. Uh, the Mariners were doing whatever the heck they were doing. Uh, and then those carpetbaggers from Oklahoma City took the, took the Sonics. That all happened in one year. And that might that might be in contention with 94. Now that I think about it some more. 
Matt probably gets some enjoyment. So do you, Solak, that the Huskies went winless. So, well, you know. Bears uh, went uh, 61 and 101. Oh, my God. <laughs> was that, that was the- uh, Kent. That was Kenji, uh, Richie Sexton, Unesky Badencourt, Jose Lopez, Adrian Beltre, uh, Raul Abanez, Jeremy Reed in center field. Remember that? Jose Vidro was our DH. Uh, yeah. Do you guys remember when the Mariners announcers kept trying to insist that the reason why Unesky Betancourt made so many errors is because he got to so many balls that no other shortstop can get to? No, I, 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 I just, know. I just ignored them and realized that he was terrible, and noticed that as soon as he left us, he never played shortstop ever again. <laughs> and the uh, Brewers put him at first, and all of a sudden he became a power hitter. Yeah, I just remember he would sail a ball ten feet above the first baseman's head into the twentieth row, and then hear Rick Rios say, "Well, that was a bad throw, but that's that's a ball on the ground that no other shortstop could." Could make, yeah. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, great. So, basically, you let, so it was like um, uh, major league, just a bit outside, just a bit outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So anyway, uh, the loss of baseball in 1994. Um, that that also killed the Montreal Expos, didn't it? It, yeah. it kind of broke their back. Yeah, they were leading the uh, they they were leading the league. They were the best record. And the Mariners too. Griffey had a great season that year too. Griffey had forty dingers. Um, uh, oh, uh, Matt Williams uh, was on on pace to break Roger Maris's single season home run record. That's right, Matt Williams of the uh, Giants. Yeah, of the Giants, yeah. Baldy himself. He had four. He had forty seven. No, he had 43 at the end of the at the end of the game. They had 47 games left, so it left them on pace to, to get like 62 or 63. Boy, that that Expos team had um, they had uh, what Raul Mondesi and did it have Vladdy Guerrero? Did it have Vladdy Guerrero? Yep. Was yeah. Randy Johnson on that team? No, the Expos. No, no. not that year. So uh, we had traded Langston. Is that right? Who did we trade to get yeah. Randy? Yeah, I think it was Langston. Um, yeah, no, that Expos team was was loaded. And if I remember right, uh, even guys like Pedro Martinez were in their farm Pedro system. Pedro Martinez. And, uh, <laughs> Pedro Martinez was on their, on their team that year. Oh, he's on their team. So all these guys yeah. became stars elsewhere. <laughs> Larry Walker, Marquise Grissom, Cliff Floyd, Moises Alou, Will Cordero. All of those guys are huh? all stars. They all have been all-stars at one point in time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> but how mad are you if you if you were an Expos fan? Oh, they're still mad. I, I, when I was in Montreal, what, three three or four years ago, yeah, they're, they're still selling Montreal uh, Expos gear like crazy. And I got to talking to a, a local about it when I was buying my hat, and he was still furious about it. That his team had been stolen. It's like it's up there next to Seattle and the Sonics anchor. Yeah. Do you guys remember, uh, uh, was it Cincinnati or Cleveland? I can't remember which. There was a guy who rented a plane. And you know how planes like carry banners behind them? So he rented a plane with that banner. And it said, 
the players and the owners can go to hell <laughs> and flew it oh, around wow. and flew it around the stadium the entire day. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, real, real quick, I have to throw this in. Randy Johnson went thirteen and six, I believe, in ninety and uh, ninety four with two hundred four strikeouts and one hundred seventy two innings. You can't say he would. He would. I bet he would have won Cy Young that year. You know, I I think that that guy sounds good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. They should probably. Put him there. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you do, do not retire his number, though. Uh, they <laughs> did, but okay. Oh, did they? Okay. Well, his number was Ichiro's, so they're retiring both. And the Arizona Diamondbacks already retired it. Okay, well then never. Because he went, he, <laughs> he went, he went, in, he went into the hall as a Diamondback. Okay, it so was a joke, Matt. Matt, it was a feeble, terrible <laughs> hey, joke. You know what? And it wasn't calm, good. Calm down. <laughs> calm down. Now the, there's been some there's been some suggestions on some blogs that uh, out there that say that because we're gonna have a shortened season. We should potentially use this as some kind of uh, test bed season and try out some more wackier ideas. I did hear about that, yeah. Um, the Athletic is one, is probably one of the biggest advocates for this. Um, but, uh, you know, things like uh, double headers with seven-inning games. Double or, headers uh, with seven-inning games. So you're playing 14 to games. To more games, yeah. Pass. I I don't know about you, so yeah. what do you think? I don't know about fourteen games, but you play you can Pass. fit it more that way. Well, no, it's fourteen innings is what it is per day. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, and you don't yeah you don't play well. You don't play seven games seven seven days a week, but yeah. Um. Then there's the uh, putting. The, That's not what I was saying. What, what I was saying is it's fourteen innings in one. Day. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay, I apologize. Uh, in college, real quick, in college, they do double hitters too, but they do one one seven inning and one nine inning game. I'd be okay with that if the league was the season was shortened, to, you know, like June to whatever October. Um, I'm worried about uh, injury. I'm really worried about injuries in that scenario. That could, that's true. It depends on how many days a week you're doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> um. And then, um, then, then there's the question of, because most in the past, I don't know if the rules were changed for this year, because I know we've expanded a 26 man this, this year, but in the past, when there's a planned double header, they allow, they allowed teams to expand their roster to 26 for that day. So you'd have an extra guy for the two games. So would they allow it up to 27 now, or would they not allow that? I mean, there would be that question too. Yeah, good point. Um, one of the other things they're considering are, uh, do you want to have a runner at second, uh, and the extra innings? No. Pass. Like they're doing, like they're doing in the minors. Like Stupid. the no. started doing. He can stay in the minors. I hate it. I think, I think it's a solid, solid plan in the developmental leagues, aka the minors. It's because you don't want to run it too long and burn out arms because this is a developmental league. Uh, let's get the games over in a reasonable manner. But in the major leagues, I, I think it adds a level of difficulty that's fun to watch. And if game one goes 17 innings and there's no bullpen available in game three of the series because you've used all your arms, now all of a sudden what's going to happen? You know, you've got to plan strategically wise. You've got to be it, – it, it adds a little more. It, the, the teams with depth that shine through, the better teams win, you know. Yeah. It's a good way of filtering out the shitty teams from the 
Pardon my French from the from the good teams. Uh, the Mariners from the Astros, <laughs> in other words. <laughs> what else did they have uh, on that list? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm looking at your list right here. It expand the postseason to 12 if there, as there are only 60 games. So I guess they'd do 60 games, and then they'd do they'd expand the postseason out to 12 people instead of what is it now? Six on each side? No, no. It's just one year. Why it's not? Who gives a Because there's eight. two wild cards and there's three, so it's five on each side now, right? Wait, no. No. One, two. Three, four. No, you're right. You're right. It's ten right now. Yeah. So be adding, be adding two more. So one on each each side, which really wouldn't be that big of a deal. No. So, but how would that work? Because right now there's there's two wild card teams. How would you'd get the, the first? So the first and second place team in the AL and the NL would get you'd a buy. Is that how that would work? I guess, and then the second, and then the two wild cards, and then, yeah, okay, yeah, I guess so. So it works like the NFL. I feel like it's going that way anyway. I feel like it's I, a yeah, I'm not, inevitable. I'm not, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I agree. I think we're eventually going to get there no matter what. I think they're going to push for it no matter what. And I think you draw the line at 12 and say, okay, well, now 12, but that's the line. So, like, you did not sound like you were excited about this. No. <laughs> uh, I I guess until the, the the new rules, whatever they do this year, goes in place, I guess I should shut my mouth and wait till that happens. But right now, it should be positive, and you know, hopefully we get a season starting June 1st or June 2nd and go from there. Come on. I mean, I, I think they should throw a bunch of rules out, out, out this year. So, you know, like – if they needed, you know, call somebody up sooner than later because of they threw out their arm, then let them do that. You know, I mean, I mean, they got to modify the rules somehow this year with so they can be able to use their roster more just because of what's going on in this world. And the guys, you know, their spring training is being postponed for what, two, three months. I mean, throw 2020 out, out and modify it as we go. Uh, that's my two cents anyway. So then do you think we should start the season with no fans? That part, I mean, if they're going to allow them to play baseball, then they should allow the fans to come in the ballpark. If, if there's, Don't start the season if they're not going to, you know, allow the fans in the ballpark. Yeah, but the, then, it, then it's a, then it's, it's a you know, hot spot. It's a, you know, there's a lot of people there, whereas you could test everyone on the team and in the clubhouse and, and you know, the umpires and stuff, and, and you're, you're good. You're not going to. No one, no one's at risk of exposing anyone else in theory because you've got a controlled environment, and then you can televise the games, and everyone can watch from home. I think, and yeah, uh, it sucks. I think I'd be a fan without. I think I'd be a fan of a game with no fans. I, I want mean, something. It's, it's better than no baseball. You know? Yeah, good point. For baseball, I guess I could be okay with that. I see what you're saying. Maybe we do that for like the first month until everything's that we that we've got we've flattened the curve and we've moved past or, the real. Or at, least, or at least do it for their yeah. – uh, they still got to have a spring training, right? Uh, they need, right? They'll I mean, need, like, two weeks to ramp everyone back up, yeah. Like, if you yeah. want to do that without fans, I, I think that might be a good way to start. And then if something wacky goes on, like people are getting the virus and whatnot, you can just shut it down. 
and there's not that much, you know, impact, so to speak. Uh, well, there's people, there, there's a lot of teams, and I saw that the Mariners were discussing this, of, of starting the season because they don't know if there's going to be that two-week ramp up, uh, potentially keeping these guys um, and, 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 and limiting them, having like a 10-man rotation or like an openers just constantly until everyone gets loosened up enough so that you can finally phase in like a month in, you could phase in a real starting rotation. So there's a lot of different potential solutions to this. But I think for right now, you know, we, we, we kind of, we're still in wait and see mode. We kind of got to see where this is going because in the real world, they're saying we potentially won't see the peak of the curve until three, three, three and a half weeks from now. And Do you start with an all-star back. game? Would, would Or should the all-star game just be like a, hey, you know, here here's a, here's the thing you get at the end of the season. You're awarded I'm one it, of the people... I'm one of the people that's okay with just getting rid of the all-star game altogether. No, I disagree. You were that the bad idea, bad idea, man. That, wow. That is so full of that. That is a huge bad idea. Like that guy in Cincinnati that had a banner that says to hell with the owners of the players, Matthew page. <laughs> I'm about to hire a plane. <laughs> tomorrow and have it fly uh, a banner over Everett Washington saying Matt okay. idea had a bad Matt page had a bad idea. <laughs> we not are not banning. Time. No, we're not banning the all-star game. I'm not saying, I'm not saying this because of this um, situation. I'm saying all together. I'll, I'll, I'm, no, not, I'm not on board with the whole thing. I heard you and you, you stopped. And, it. and I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't recognize players, find another way to recognize them. But I, literally couldn't care less about the all-star game. It's the same thing with the pro bowl and NFL. I don't, I couldn't care less. Uh, you know, maybe the skills challenge would be fun to watch, do some kind of skills challenge in the home run derby on the same day and air those together and then do like an award ceremony and give everyone their awards and then give everyone like, you know, the two to three day, more days off and then start games up again. So like, I a hundred percent disagree. This all-star game, it needs to happen. And depending on when, when they're going to start the season, I'm okay with them having the all-star game to start the year. I think it'd be great to get the fans involved. They can vote in their favorite players. I mean, obviously there'll be other modifications to that. I think you mentioned the NFL Pro Bowl, but I think that we've talked about it in the past. I think the Pro Bowl is a pile of dog, dog doo-doo. Um, well, you, you, you can't get rid of the all-star game for MLB, no matter what. This is, but this Solak, is a national pastime. But Solak, Matthew Page wants to abolish it. That's baloney. And when, when I'm on the road on I-5 tomorrow, headed to Marysville tomorrow morning, I better see that banner in the air. Dave. <laughs> I'll be looking. I, I kid you not. I'll be looking. <laughs> okay, so Matt Page is wrong about that. But what's new? What else is new? Um <laughs> Last last thing that we saw on there, Matt, was um, the you know just if if you end up getting to August, you know, and you know a season's just completely untenable. What about doing something world base world baseball classic style? What about just kind of a tournament? You know, we're not going to have a season, but at least fans in the month of August, September, here's something baseball like. That will be fun. What do you guys think about that? I think if uh, if we do reach like August and they can't relax the the social distancing and, and shutdowns and stuff, 
you do uh you do a no fans in the stadium and yeah you do a you do a world baseball style classic like tournament um of of the teams and you, you know it's better than nothing you get something out of it it'd be fun to watch and and uh it'd be better than nothing i would absolutely be on board for that situation i, I like that idea but i don't remember the format too much do they is it um... You have American League in one group and National in the other, or how does that divvy up? So World Baseball Classic is, I don't know, I can't remember. It's either 24 or 32 teams. I think it's probably 24. But let's go with the 32-team format. Uh, okay. You would throw, wait, thirty. there's 30 teams, right? I NFL so. is NFL's 32, MLB's 30. Yeah. Um, anyway, what you'd do is you'd get six, let's see, with 30 teams you would get what six pods of five teams have them run around robin uh or maybe you do like a home and home type of scenario okay um uh, or maybe what you do is you take the arizona league and they do round robins and then the florida league grapefruit league they do round robins and then what you do is you kind of you kind of take the top x amount of teams you know, let's just say out of those 30 teams, you take the top 16. And then you would just have like a knockout playoff after that, or maybe a three game yeah, series or whatever. The best comparison and, and easiest way to think about it is it's kind of like the world cup. World, there's, that's there's the best way to put it. Yeah. There's different, there's different like divisions and you play everyone in your division and then the best to like two, two move on. And then you do you know, eliminations and stuff from that on. Okay. Okay. I like that idea, especially the Arizona League and the, and the Florida League, and definitely Grapefruit League. Yeah, because yeah, that might be where the games happen. I don't know. You know, we'll see. Who Absolutely. Knows? All right, guys. So 20 years ago today, Sergeant Pepper told the band to play. No, that's not it. Uh, 20 years ago today, <laughs> they blew up the kingdom. They done blew it up. And no any- one shed a tear. Actually, a lot of people. Should, oh my god! I know they did. I'm Matthew kidding, Page with his they abolish did. the All Star Game. No. Abolish uh, the Kingdom. Well, just well, you, the Kingdom wasn't exactly the most pleasant building, but yeah. <laughs> you just want good memories. You just want to stomp all over memories. history, don't you? There were a lot of good memories in that building, and I have one really good one in, in particular. But yeah, they're they're. What was your memory? My my positive memory of the Kingdom. Let me take you back, back in the way back machine, all right, to Sunday, December 5th, 1993. Okay, well, wait, okay. I didn't notice I had a sound effect. <laughs> well, you were, in the way, uh, you were in the way back machine, right? The way back machine. The way back machine. Sunday, de- okay, go on. <laughs> it's now Sunday, December 5th, 1993, and you're in Seattle, and you and 58,550 other people are sitting in the stands watching your Seattle Seahawks play the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, I, I, and that was one of the few Seahawks games I actually got to go to as a little kid. I was, what was I? I was, I was 11 at that time. And uh, the Seahawks, of course, got absolutely pasted. The, uh, the Chiefs went to the AFC Championship game that last year, that year, and they lost to the Bills, who were on their final uh, Super Bowl run. Was that a Joe Montana team? Or was that that Steve was a DeBerg? Joe Montana theme. Uh, they, there were uh, there were two of my all time favorite quarterbacks on uh, on the turf, 
and neither of them was wearing a Seahawks jersey. <laughs> uh, Joe Montana, the greatest quarterback of all time, and I stand by that statement. I don't care what you say. No, Rich Michelson uh, agrees with you on that. Quarterback, quarterback, the uh, the the Chiefs. He didn't throw a touchdown pass that day because Marcus Allen was a beast, and because Derek Thomas, one of the greatest defensive ends of all time, in my opinion, who hit, who just destroyed the Seahawks regularly. Um, uh, ran a ran a, a fumble for a touchdown in front of me. That was amazing. But uh, backing up Joe Montana was Dave Craig. Oh, that's and, right, he did. Yeah, and uh, starting for the Seahawks, uh, a quarterback you may you may remember hating Stan Gilbert. Two interceptions that no, he threw two interceptions that day. Kelly Stafford. No, he actually no, and and bit of trivia. He wore the same number of jer- same jersey as Joe Montana in college. Rick Myrer. Rick Myrer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wore he wore number three because <laughs> Joe Montana was his was his uh, his his um, idol at Notre Dame, and Joe Montana wore number three at Notre Dame. Hmm. And uh, uh, Rick Tootin had a great day. Uh, he had a, yeah, he, he averaged fifty yards a punt. <laughs> um, and John Casey got us some got us some uh, some points on the board with some field goals. But, John uh, Casey, his lost. name was John Casey, not John Joe, Casey, not Jean Casey. <laughs> Jeez, the man. only the only offensive person that was of any use on our team was Chris Warren at running back, as usual for the nineties. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I, I went with my dad, and um, it was just me and my dad. We had a wonderful time. It was uh, I think this only the second Seahawks game I ever saw. And or I saw in my life that time, and um, it was my you know I I was a huge Joe Montana fan, and at the time, and I got pictures of him uh, you know down standing on the sideline and out on the field, and and uh, it, it made my day. Solak, what was your best moment? <clears throat> by the by the way, this is a heck of a topic. So if we ever out of topics, this we could go. This could be a good show topic for like an hour. But anyways, <laughs> I, 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 I want to talk about two sports. We'll talk about the Seahawks real quick because I know we're on a time frame. There's something I want to talk about near the end. Okay. Um, my parents have had season tickets since 76, their first year. And I remember all the way back to 1976, my dad took me to the – they played the Chicago Bears and Walter Payton. And I hard to believe, I know, but I can actually remember for that far back to where Walter Payton – this tore, tore us up that day, ran for well over 100 yards, and they obviously they beat the Hawks that day. Um, but just being there with my dad and experiencing that, that was one of many Seahawks memories I have over the years. Um, for the Mariners-wise, obviously everybody would talk about 1995, but I want to talk about a couple things. I think it was 1984, Phil Bradley, we were there. He had a, I don't know if it was extra innings, but he had a grand slam to win the ball game. And the fans just went nuts. And then after the game, yeah, I know it was a pipe dream, but we were all chanting, walking out of the stadium, how we're going to go to the World Series, blah, blah, blah. It's just <laughs> back when the Mariners actually Sorry. had some fans. And it makes me it, laugh now. <laughs> it was a great memory. And also another great me- quick memory of being there. Mariners, way back when, used to have the Pepsi Junior member where the kids were, you pay a small fee and you get to go sit in the outfield. Uh, for real cheap for like 10, 10 games or more. And just being able to go out there, they, I mean, you go to bat night, you go to bat, batting glove night, whatever, you, you get a lot of free stuff. And just 
Uh, Gaylord Perry won his 300th game with the Mariners. We got to see him have a celebration in the kingdom. Just just a lot of great memories. I can go on and on, but I won't. But I, I, I miss the kingdom for those reasons, obviously. How about you, Abe? Yeah, so I got to see Gaylord Perry. I also got to see uh, Nolan Ryan. But those aren't memorable to me. I mean, because I can't tell you what happened in either of those yeah. games. But I can tell you about one game against the Chicago White Sox that we went to. Me and my buddy. We took bus the bus number six. This was the, I think it's now called the E-Line, and it goes down Aurora. And, okay. uh, yeah, so, you know, here we are. We're, uh, I don't know, 12, 13, somewhere in there, taking a bus down the most dangerous road in Seattle. Uh, and our parents were totally okay with it. <laughs> so we so we picked up it was up, a different world back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we picked up uh Indian food and we took it into the stadium because back then you could take food in the stadium. And we sat in the outfield. We sat uh 200 level below the below the old Winston cigarette, you know, advertisement. Oh yeah. And yep. and uh we had Indian food on the bleachers and we spread out and we were getting our brains kicked in and we got to the point, my buddy and I got to Aaron and I, we got to the point where we decided we're going to change the scoring system in this game. We decided that home runs were achieved. If, if the ball was hit into foul territory uh, and home runs gave you minus minus five runs for hitting a home run. And oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And the Seattle Mariners won in our scoring system that day by a score of 15 to 10. <laughs> nice. Not bad. The White Sox were severely disadvantaged by the quantity of home runs that they hit. And, uh, yeah, so that, that'll teach them. Um, yeah. And to this day, I would like that scoring system to stay in place. <laughs> Maybe the Mariners might have a chance. That's awesome. Worst, oh. worst memory, guys. I'll, 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 I'll start this round here. Worst memory was um, was trying to sneak in to the uh, rich rich person section because back then, in those days, the kingdom, if you bought an outfield ticket, they had chain link fence that um, you know that uh, kept you out of you know, the infield seats kept, kept the ruffians kept back. the, yeah, yeah kept the plebeians out. And so, uh, a friend of mine and I, we were trying to sneak in by climbing the fence and, and I hurt myself <laughs> because, oh, no. yeah, because you know, the chain link fence at the top. Yeah. Somebody, one of the, one of the ushers was yelling at me and, and uh, I was like, Oh, and I fell off and hurt, hurt myself, you know, scraped myself up. Uh, and then we ran off and, uh, yeah, yeah. So a little bit of my blood was spilled on that soil. How about you, Solak? Did you ever bleed for a team? Did you ever bleed for a team? I don't think I ever did, actually. I, there, I remember those days where you could sneak in easily from the outfield, and then they started to catch on. And there were many times where we got caught trying to sneak across, but. I, I honestly don't think we ever, I don't have a bad memory of the kingdom to believe it or not. I, I I'm sorry that I can't contribute more. 
<laughs> Except for all the losses, I guess. I guess that could be a bad memory. <laughs> uh, bad memory, bad memory. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess I'm, I got food poisoning from the Dodgers, <laughs> from the Dodgers dogs, from the, from oh, the no. King dogs. <laughs> Uh, and their record F rating food, co- you know, concessions—they're always bad. Um, no, I mean the worst memory I, I have in the stadium is at Safeco Field where I got ejected three minutes after I got into the game. What? Not even three minutes. That was—it was a minute. It was like a minute and thirty seconds, actually. What it happened? Was, it was really fast. Uh, I, I, I entered by the bullpen. This was back before they opened up the bullpen. And you could you could you could you could just like see through the like tan the the the, uh, the mesh that they had between the chain link fences, and so you could you could kind of see through into the bullpen, but you and you were on the same level, but you uh, but you couldn't like you know lean over and you know have a great discussion with a guy. And me and my friend went, and my friend was pretty drunk, and we walked in the door, and we we were right there. We walked like 20 steps forward and John Rocker was warming up and my friend had a few choice words for him and dropped the F-bomb a couple times and about 10 seconds later, a uh, hand fell on both our shoulders and it was the King County Sheriff and we were turned around and pushed back out the door that we came in. <laughs> and I was pissed because I, I hadn't done anything wrong <laughs> and I was still ejected because he was my friend. Did you tell the Are Did you, you tell the sheriff, "Hey, you can't throw me off for things that I haven't done yet"? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, okay. I just right. kind of went with it. <laughs> well, that's weird because you and I went to a game and we annoyed the hell out of people. We didn't get thrown out. Uh, well, I I also almost got thrown out because um, ice cream sandwiches pointed at me. Jesus Montero oh, right. went after you, or Jesus Montero. Me and Sanju were standing. I walked up. <laughs> we were watching. Uh, I think it was Felix warming up. He was throwing to Jesus Montero, and I guess some, like one of the guys in the front row, right in front of me, said something in Spanish to him, and it pissed <laughs> him off. So he called over the the sheriff, and and so the sheriff came over, and 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 I by between the guy like like knew he was going to get ejected. So he tried to go around me and get behind me and Jesus Montero pointed it at me at first. And I, and so the sheriff put his hand on my shoulder and I went, wait, what did I, I just walked up? What happened? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I had to kind of, yeah. And so I'm just like, no, no, he didn't, it's that guy, you know, and then I stepped to the side. Jesus Montero was like, no, no. Yeah. It's the guy behind him. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't do anything. I just walked up. <laughs> I guess you look like a troublemaker everywhere you go. I, look like a troublemaker i'm just out to cause trouble i wasn't even gonna throw an ice cream sandwich at him (laughs) (laughs) all right well we're getting to the end of the show but i can't let the show go without uh giving solak the floor oh uh, yes for his fallen wazoo friend i appreciate that uh wazoo the football team lost one of their players bryce beekman a couple days ago he passed away in pullman um, rest in peace, number 26 is a defensive back. He would have been a redshirt senior this fall. He's one of the leaders of the team. Um, the guy just always had a, a smile on his face, and I guarantee he probably would have been captain this year because the guy was just great great on and off the field. And I uh, talked to a, a former player who just transferred this year, but uh, actually I talked to his parents tonight, and he, he's, he, he just loves the guy, and he's absolutely crushed 
by what's happened and honestly i don't know i don't know what happened i don't know if it's coronavirus related or what i mean it's obviously it's all over the news now and all over the internet but i I, it's a it's a tragic loss for the university and i mean they lost i i could care less if he's a starter on this football team the guy was a a class act human being and i just want to give a shout out out to number 26 bryce beekman he'll be missed i mean he just got back into town after seeing his little brother win i I want to say the state title because his little brother's getting a basketball scholarship to go play for Virginia with former Cougar coach Tony Bennett next next fall, and I, I it, it it's just it's just it's a crush to the university, and I just, I appreciate you letting me to give a shout out to to Bryce Beekman. Uh, I'm really I'm really sad, and I know Cougar Nation is sad to lose such an incredible human being. All right. Well, thank you for those words. And thank you all of you out there who have been listening to us at Seattle Sports Union's podcast. I want to have you all check out our social media. Check out Facebook. Like us there. Also, check out us. Check us out on Twitter at Seattle Sports U. And check out all of our great articles on SeattleSportsUnion.com. On behalf of Brian, the Soul Man Solak, Matthew Page, and myself, have a great day, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs>